So welcome to Decapod, where every week we discuss pop culture across different decades and different years. And tonight we are talking all of 1997. But before we do that, the, the host of the show, because I am clearly the sidekick, the host of the show, um, George Washington, I believe, would like to make a special <laughs> announcement. Thank you. Thank you, sidekick Terry. Uh, so, hi, everybody. Um, right, so, it's unfortunate for me. Um, I, I have to issue another statement of regret about something that I've said on a previous episode of Decapod. <clears throat> so, I have prepared some words. Right. In a previous episode of Decapod, I inferred that I had a connection who went to school with the Milky Bar Kid. And that perhaps could give us insights into his real, real life demeanor. And who knows, maybe even get us an interview with the Milky Bar Kid himself for this very show, Decapod. Imagine my horror when after that episode aired in almost the same day, I received the following message. Mate, I didn't go to school with the Milky Bar Kid. I worked as a dinner lady at Cambridge University and one of the students was rumoured to have been the kid that played Milky Bar Kid or MBK. This guy never confirmed or denied, but he defo played up to it. He was a proper douche as well. And that was from Haley, one of our Magnificent Seven. Haley, if I caused you any distress or put any undue pressure on you because of my statements about your connections to the Milky Bar Kid, I'm very sorry. I mean, I can only apologise to the Decamorphin <laughs> Power Rangers that we're having to go for all this again. I mean, it's like you've got, you've uh, you've offended the Milky, the Milky Bars, you've offended people that, you know, travel for the Milky Way. <laughs> it, it just, it's not good. Yeah. It's um, it's gutting. It's good. I got oh, all I'm gonna like ask is, can some people go back and listen back to previous episodes and catch Terry out? You know, come on. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> shitlords. Yeah. <laughs> Why is no one spotted them? I, I I don't make demands. I don't mind that statements. Like, <laughs> and and generally, I I think I'm the stuff I make statements because I I did go to the same school as Mel B. I did. Yeah. So therefore, I'm willing to. You know, stamp my authority on that. However, I wasn't certain um, that <laughs> Doctor Who was started in that year that we spoke about last year. Mm. So therefore, I said, I don't think it did, but I'm not sure. I, I play my cards close to my chest. Well, I just like to say things. Look, I'm getting us, the, look, well, we know that good shows need controversy. And what am I getting as controversy? We're being spoken about. I think you and I have different <laughs> ideas about what controversy is. It's a slow build. Are we aiming to get in the pork on Twitter? Yeah. But there's a Milky Bar kid at home absolutely fuming. <laughs> <laughs> he might be going to the Daily Mail before we know it. Was was there more than one? And now I'm thinking yeah. about it. it. Was an episode there were like three in one episode or something? Three Milky Bar kids. <laughs> That sounds like some horrendous nightmare that you've had when you've eaten too many Milky Bars. Number three. <laughs> I mean, I have some weird nightmares. There's some 
Very odd stuff. Go on. But I don't remember dreaming about it. I, uh, I think I'm going to do research on this. Uh, hashtag research, Terry. Um, that I'm sure there was like an advert with more than one Milky Bar kid in it. I think they were all on a horse. So, you know, maybe um, there's a tribe of Milky Bar kids after, you know. Well, I'm distancing myself from it immediately. Um, but there we go. An unfortunate start to this show. The second show I've had to start with an apology. Something I'm not very good at doing. Oh, actually, I'm getting better because I prepared some really nice words for that. Well, they were nice words, weren't they, that I prepared? We can agree on that. Yeah. Um, you apologise better than Pretty Patel. So well done. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> the least sincere woman in, in Britain. Yay. Uh, wow. 1997. I'm going to tell you something like just before we like get into it, and it's going to be, it definitely has to be a poll on the Facebook group. I've had challenge made to me on my personal socials that 1997 is a better year than 1995. So I'm really interested to see what sort of general consensus. So they definitely need to do a poll of 95 versus 97, mainly around the music. I don't think we need to do a poll because it is. <laughs> Let's at least debate it. Can we just debate it, please? Yeah, because that'll make the show more fun. But you know, we can if 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 you don't if you want to skip forward to the end and just find out the end results. And yes, ninety seven is a better year. Uh, but, one question. Go on. Was different class released in nineteen ninety seven? Probably not. I'm then guessing that was in nineteen ninety five. Is pish. <laughs> Well, wait till you see some of the songs that I've got for 1997. And some of the songs I had to take out. I mean, just to give you a bit of clue, Body Shaking by 911 <laughs> did not make it onto my list. That's the quality of music Ooh. that we're talking about when we get on to 1997. Um, who, who challenged you? Who issued this challenge that 97 was better than 95? Oh, I don't know if he, if he would be comfortable to be named, uh, but ba he is DJ, though, so probably knows his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he did actually sort of say, get me on. I was like, no, 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 no. There's only two voices, or sometimes sometimes three. Spoiler alert, but, no, but I'm doing it again for next week, but it isn't. <laughs> no, it's last week. Spoiler alert for last week. <laughs> If you haven't listened to last week's show yet, spoiler, there's more than just us on it. I used to worry about my um, my quality on podcasts. And I started recording me when I was, I'm all right, actually. Yeah, bye. Make a good sidekick. Have you seen the, um, have you seen all of the Alan Partridge's? So like like including the really new ones when they did mid morning matters. Um, I'm I'm gonna say no, and it's an interesting one because I was a big Alan Partridge fan, but I'm in that thing again with Alan Partridge. I can remember very little about. I can remember moments, but I can't remember episodes. I could not tell you what because I think I get confused over which shows which. 
And but the most recent one I remember was the film we did. Was it Alpha Papa or something? Oh, so, so, so basically, where I'm going with this is when they brought it back. So they did like the little 10 minute things. I think they did it for Foster's comedy originally, and then it was on Sky One. There was a brand new character that wasn't in the original series, but Sidekick Simon. So every time you say Sidekick, I'm always in my head, I'm thinking Sidekick Terry, Sidekick Terry. I'm going to have to send you the jingle. <laughs> Sidekick Terry. Why sidekick Terry? Have I missed someone? Because your name is Terry and you're my sidekick. Oh, sidekick. Yeah, oh. Oh, not psychic. Not psychic, right. Okay. <laughs> right. So shall we shall we dive into into music? You'll be delighted to know one of my song choices is connected to a deeply traumatic memory. <laughs> oh, oh, let's do that first. Cheer me up. Yeah, should I dive in with that? You want me to start with that song as well? Yes, please. Okay, so um, my my song that's got a very traumatic memory is Truly Madly Deeply by Savage Garden. Um, you look a little bit like, have I got the wrong gear? I'm not willing to commit to that. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember coming across oh, it. Now you're going to play everything so <laughs> safe just so you'll never be wrong this is correct oh you coward um so basically um truly madly deeply does i wanna stand with you on a mountain yeah big big hit um it's very traumatic for me because i was um seeing a guy i met a guy when i went out um in the in in the clubs met him had like a couple of days and really liked him and he dropped me off home in his car. That song was playing, and it was <laughs> to the that song was the background to me being dumped by someone. It's like one of the most romantic songs, and he's like, oh, "I don't think we should see each other anymore. Um, I just don't think it's gonna." <laughs> so sorry, I still get a bit. We just about listen to it again now. But yeah, Warren or Warren the Sporran, as me and my friends called you for many years after that. I don't forgive you. But I also had, like, one of the most cringy moments. This might this might give you a clue as to why he went, I don't think we should see each other anymore, right? So, you know, like, dates when you're about 16, 17, you kind of go to the guy's house, or, you know, and obviously everyone's living at home, and you go for it, you go for a shuffle upstairs, they put a film on or something, and they do the whole arm round you, a little bit, right? So, like... We were like laid on his bed, and I, you know that whole thing. We're like laid on the bed. I had my head like on his shoulder, and I and I looked up to do what should have been an adorable kiss on his lips or his cheek. So like, and he moved his head down at the last minute, so essentially sucked his nose. How long after this? Did the did the dumping occur? Was it on the way home from that? Yeah. See, I've wrote down here as, as a, a callback to last week and a potential future show. Who's the dick? I was gonna say Warren. There's an element of me now that thinks that's up for debate. I think if someone tried sucking my nose, especially if I lied on a bed, because there's other things that are available. Um, I'd be tempted as well to be like, I don't care what song's playing, but you're not getting out of this taxi with me. 
just be gone for my life, be gone for my life. Um, so, I, yeah. No, I, say, I can tell you the exact, well, not opposite, but a, a very, very almost an exact opposite <laughs> story in that I'd been to the clubs with, with this last. I didn't go out clubbing often as a youth. It, it wasn't <laughs> my cup of tea. I would have rather had a cup of tea often. It, it wasn't. No, it's very loud, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. All people dancing, having fun. That's not my yeah. style. Anyway, <laughs> we'd, I'd been to the club and we got the taxi back and we the taxi had to go past my house to get to hers. So he gets to hers and we gets out. And all the way back, she's literally like slobbering all over me. And I don't get <laughs> signs very well. And I hadn't picked up on this. It hadn't registered. So he gets out at taxi and she's like, do you want to come in? And I'm like, no, it's all right. It's getting late. Thinking she was just going to be polite because she's like, I don't know if it was coffee, but it was like that. Do you want to come in for a coffee? And I'm thinking she's just being polite. I mean, she's got her hand on my crotch and her tongue in my ear and everything. And I'm just like, <laughs> no. Suck my nose. Yeah, sucking my nose. And like, I don't want to put you out. It's all right. She's like, no, you can come in. No one else is in. I'm like, no, it's all right. <laughs> she's like literally flashing you. Like, Pretty much. <laughs> and I'm like, if I'd have twigged, I'd have gone in. I would have been like like a, a rabbit up a drain pipe, as they will. But a rat. Yeah, but that doesn't sound pipes. as endearing, does it? Well, I don't no, want to it's compare not myself to, to a rat. I know, but <laughs> I'd rather be a rabbit than a rat. I'm going to say a whippet at first, but either way, <laughs> like a like a whippet that have been up there. Um, so it kind of the night ended with a just like solemnly traipsing off to her house oh. while I'm outside it casting that look back over her shoulder and then she goes in and closes the door right slow I get to about half a home and it's like I've no money for a taxi now because I've just spent it all on her taxi and it's probably about a 45 minute walk home and I've driven past my house to get to hers I get to about half a home I did that thing where I stopped and I went bollocks oh dude and then I'm like should I go back? Should I not go back? Can I text? Can I not text? And no. And then truly, madly, deeply started playing. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked. It was right weird. There were this other taxi part. Though. Some woman would try to suck a bloke's nose, and he's like, "No, get off. We're done." Oh, so if this is your us. first time listening to Decapod, and and you're 15 minutes in, welcome to the show. This is how it goes. There we are. And then, you know, that's song, that's song one. Right. Shall I just keep pushing on through? There's not as many song impressions for this for this episode, I'm afraid. I know you'll be gutted for that. I do quite like your song impressions. All right. So, well, let's go in with one that I know you definitely won't know, <laughs> but it's so much fun to do. Um, so this song has got one of the best starts to it ever. And it is just such a really lovely song. But it kind of it just starts like, do-ba-da, do-ba-da. Do-ba-da, do-ba-da, do-ba-da. <laughs> and the song is um, When You're Gone um, by Cranberries. And it's such it's such a nice song. And it came up on like one of the mixes on Spotify. So I was delighted to just have a reason to mention Cranberries. But um, it's got some amazing... Well, people are going to sort of like message me to go, Emma, no, you've got it wrong. But I swear there's a lyric where she goes, everything's stinky when, when you're not around me. Um, 
yeah so when you're gone cranberries I'd forgotten about it completely and it really lifted me when it came on the playlist no clue what I'm talking about have you oh I think I do but I wasn't a particular big cranberries person I think the problem I have is that for some reason when you said when you're gone my brain went to Avril Lavigne um her song well now that song stuck in my head which isn't like till 2010s or something. I don't know yeah. when that is. That's later. Um, so now that's in my head now. Either uh, way. Well, let's, let's um, push something else into your head instead then. And this one is, um, I put a Spice Girls one in there because they were really dominating by uh, 97. Um, so I've gone for Who Do You Think You Are? Um, mainly because what I love about that song is Sporty is being the most scout she ever is because they do that. Like, do you think you are? And then she's like, do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> but what's amusing me is that I, I haven't told you this, but for this episode, I've purposely set the Zoom recording to gallery so we can see both so that I can then actually put some of these clips out into the world. Um, some of the actions going on here are awesome. I'm very much enjoying myself. What's your thoughts on um, that Spice Girls? Have you got a Spice Girls coming up that you don't want to mention yet? Well, I mean, there's several thoughts. Um, <laughs> yeah. Firstly, it feels a bit like never mind the Buzzcocks where you're doing all this swinging uh-huh. and action and stuff, which is quite cool. I like the new series, never mind the Buzzcocks, by the way. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I really want to. Is it good? Yes. Is it, it? I might have his name wrong. Greg Davis. Yes. I very much like him, and he's good in it, and he's not Nobed Lamar or Nobed Jupiter. So I'm happy. I'm happy. Oh, there's nothing wrong with Phil Jupiter. I'll take that back. No, no he's on my all list. the people you know. <laughs> oh. Oh, how? No, he's, he's like unpleasant in the most. He's not. No, he's a funny guy. Funny. He's not funny. He's never made me laugh. Ever. Phil Jupiter's the big guy. Yes. Yes, I know captain who, yes, for years. Yes, the one that was on the left as you looked at it at the screen. No. Oh, he, no. He's on a level with Mark Lamar for me. Oh, dear. You've no, got the trio I would. of Phil Jupiter, Mark Lamar and Bin Laden. You've got them free. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't remember him being a captain of Buzzcocks. Is that where he was hiding under the desk? <laughs> yeah. Because I can never remember who our captain was, so he might well be. Um, you asked me for my opinions on some, and I've forgotten what it was because I went off on a Phil Jupiter's rant. It was who? Right. But <laughs> it wasn't the best Spice Girls song. Uh, I think my favourite Spice Girls song was uh, Stop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, Spice Girls. They, they, they may get an honourable mention later on, but there's, there's no Spice Girls on my list. Oh, surprising. Okay. Okay, so next I've got To Plump In by Chumbawamba. I have tub uh, tub thumping by Chumbawamba. Well, uh, it's a again. brilliant song. Well, well, we're it. Uh, yeah, it is. It's just, it's just it's just a classic. Uh, no much, not much more to say about that other than and I, I remember we did mention this in like the thing. I did used to think, how did they get away with having the lyric "pissing the night away"? <laughs> like how? Because I'm sure that was we used to sing "kissing the night away." Is that was that the radio version? I, I, I I'm not great with lyrics. I used to sing "kissing the night away" because I thought that's what it was. So it might have been the radio version. It could have been me mishearing it. I've already thought you've about... called me psychic tonight, so. <laughs> well, do a bit, you know. I was like, 
<laughs> and at some point, I'll tell you my psychic story of how I am actually a little bit psychic for that. Are you? A little bit, yeah. Oh, well, let's put that. I haven't got any um, births today, so that could fill the birth section, which I sounds mean, like a C-section or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it's enough to fill an entire section of the show. I think that, especially seeing as I don't think I'll be able to do it over Zoom. Um, <laughs> so. Look to my eyes, look around the eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but no, I thought it was kissing the night away. And then I think when I got older, I think I thought it was pissing the night away. And now it, I don't know. Could be it's either. got to, no, no, it's got to be pissing the night away because she used to whisper, she was about drinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about drinking, isn't it? <laughs> right, my next song is um, Bitch. <laughs> I have Bitch. It's a great song. Yeah. That's that's one I genuinely well the, the last two songs you've mentioned, Tub Pumping and Bitch, are ones that I genuinely got a bit excited when they come on. Yeah. Genuinely. Yeah. I felt like Meredith Brooks was just gonna be around forever as well. That was it was a big song. It's just it one of those ones where it surprised you that they just kind of faded away. I don't know, she might still be big in America. Uh but yeah, I love that song. It's given me a really good idea for a TikTok based on when when you're on a date and someone says so tell me about yourself i'm a bitch (laughs) (laughs) don't broadcast it here because someone will steal your idea now oh yeah well eyes on magnificent seven that's fine they're easy to track down that's that's where we're at um so next song choice that i've got is um karma police by radiohead absolutely amazingly i don't think i've had radiohead on any of my lists no i think you're right i think i'm thinking of rem yeah i don't think you've had radio on yet yeah um that and that feels an oversight um and yeah but yeah just a good song and it's that's a, that's a big album as well um so i've got that one um torn by natalie and brulia which was again it's one of the i still think it's just that era where the music videos were really sort of maybe it's just because i was spending more time watching mtv and music channels in general but i loved that music video and that kind of outtakes of them trying to i, I loved it it was all it was almost a bit like all knowing and really good. And she just is fit as anything, isn't she? And like she used to have long hair as barefoot. She had that. She's responsible for a lot of bad haircuts, actually, because she had that amazing short hair that everybody went off and copied. And people like me then got asked for two years if they were a boy because <laughs> they couldn't, they didn't have the forehead to carry off a short haircut. I have comments. Uh, first of all, I, I was obsessed with a box. Uh, I, rather than MTV, because I just wanted the uh-huh. music. I didn't want the waffle. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, you know, look a, where you are now. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's a theme there somewhere. Um, but yeah, she just released another album, and I don't understand how she's not any older. She's like Kylie; she just doesn't get older. It just, just doesn't make Australian sense to me. Thing. Yeah, but I have a question, and this is a serious question, a serious poll that we can put up, right? Because the free greatest pop star songs of all time right and i'm going to be serious and not include hillbilly rock right <laughs> so as torn by yeah. natalie brulia we've got mona by craig mcclockham and then you've got breathe again by adam ricketts so which of the <laughs> sorry 
I can't do it. I can't keep my face straight. Let's remove the Adam Rickett song. We've got Torn and we've got Mona. Which of those two is the greatest pop star song of all, uh, soap star song of all time? Oh, see, my heart says Mona, but my head says Torn. Because <laughs> I think Torn's a better song. But Mona, I remember, I it's it's joyous to listen to. You can't not sing along to it. So that that's Sophie's choice right there. So there, that needs to go to a poll for decision. I also think I've just found another bonus episode for us, which is soap star <laughs> pop stars. Yes, because yes. there was also Holly Valance, and then yeah. there's Kylie and Danny Minogue and Jason Donovan Jason. and what were his name from Neighbours? Paul, Stephen Dennis. Yep. Yeah, um, who else were there? Uh, uh, Melandra Burroughs from Emmerdale. Yeah, and you could have um, a neat thing going, anyone can fall in love. <laughs> and I don't know their names. Uh, it'll come to me, but didn't Frank from EastEnders and uh, Barbara Windsor do an album once of duets? Oh, possibly. But he genuinely had a song out before he was Frank Butcher. Um, I want to say, was it was it too little? No. Ugly Duckling did he do maybe I feel like he did like legitimately Because I'm sure he did the Get out Get out Get out of town I don't know (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was also Oh what's the name Tiffany from EastEnders Martin 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 McCutcheon This is my moment Yeah Oh there's loads There we go We've got yes. an episode there. You've got uh, that to look forward to, guys. Awesome. I can't wait. Um, so last few, last few for me. Um, I've got uh, so Tracy Shaw from Curry. No way. What did yeah. she sing? I don't know, but she was in like a in like a uh, um, not a shopping basket, a shopping trolley. <laughs> She'll be pushed around in a shopping trolley, I think, on seafront no. somewhere. Oh, how very, very, very pulp <laughs> is all I have to say on that. Uh, Maxine <laughs> Oh and that also Obviously uh, uh, So I've already said The traumatic truly madly deeply um, I've circled This next song which is Your Woman By White Town uh, One of my favourite bits in that Song is like when it goes Dow dow da da dow dow Da da dow dow and they go Do 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 And <laughs> It's like listening to one of them beatboxes. But better. Um, and like little shout out to White Town because it's a one-hit wonder. And I um, I believe he is from my hometown of Derby. Derby, very, very few musical accolades. So I feel like a little shout out. Just that and Black Lace of Agadoo fame are from Derby. <laughs> so there you go. All right, moving on. <laughs> I've got um, Lucky Man um, by The Verve. I used to very publicly sort of say I hate The Verve, um, and I do still hate the song The Drugs Don't Work. Um, I, I just think it's the... And I want to do some drugs now because I am so poor. <laughs> I have to say, for someone that, that, that said 95 was a bit of 97, you're giving it the same enthusiasm levels here. We've got the 1995 vibe going off. 
I'm just in a very good mood. Um, That's because so, you haven't spoken to me for 10 days. It is. I think it, Well, no, I spoke to you for your uh, marathon. Well, you say you spoke to me. You come on and sabotage the show. <laughs> so, I, I did not sabotage I you. I believe your exact quote was, I'm going to come <laughs> on here and mess about because everyone else is being sensible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I did say that. You're right. You're right. Okay, so I've got one left on my um, on my top ten um, of music for '97, and that's song two by Blur. It's it's one of the most ultimate kind of nightclub uni night songs ever, and you can have the most basic bitch boys that won't go and do any kind of dancing. We put song two on, and they are there, and they are pogoing and jumping and. I've got a lot of happy memories of that song coming on and just like, woohoo! It's just fun. It's just fun to do. And um, I did a lot of jumping up and down when it came on when I was researching the show. If if you were sat down and in a bad mood and you needed a song to come on to make it up and dance, yeah, what would it be? Oh, I thought that's what you were saying that was. Oh. Uh, I actually think, oh, see, I don't want to lose all my credibility. But there is a song that came on today and it was... <laughs> credibility. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've kind of got a tiny bit of credibility with the music. Do you remember that, that apology at the start? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, not that kind of credibility. I mean, <laughs> musical credibility and like musical taste. Um, but I could not resist, and I do like a real good shoulder action to this as well. And you'll know that. <laughs> Don't stop moving to the funky, funky beat. I can't resist that band. They are feel good, and I was, and I wasn't like them down. Oh, and also. Um, the other day, so I've I've got a cold, and if I keep going on mute, it's because I need to do a bit of a sniff, a bit of a sniffle. It came on, so I was in a really sort of down. I was like, I'd had this cold for like three, four days, and it's just that thing of you keep waking up, you keep feeling ill. So I put my um, daily mix on on Spotify, and then Rabbit by Chaz and Dave came on, and I listened to it four times in a row. <laughs> Because I absolutely love, I love that song so much. And there's nothing more joyous than going, rabbit, 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 rabbit. I love it. You'll be gabbing a pest. (laughs) (laughs) You asked. (laughs) What's yours? My list. No, your song that makes you get up if you're oh, in a bad mood. I don't think there is one. Um, when you started talking S Club 7, then that probably would. Probably any S Club 7 song. But it's che- anything cheesy pop, I think, generally would get me up. But even then, you know, I'm not the most charismatic of dancers, as I'm <laughs> sure you can imagine. Um, no, I'm trying to think what would make me go. Maybe a bit of um, bit of steps. Yeah? Yeah. Anything cheesy is good for me. Yeah. Okay. Onwards. Is, is that your list complete? That's 10. I've kept to 10. Well, you've missed some crackers. Well, that's what happens when I have to stick to 10. That's a good job I made to, to clean up after you. Mm. Right. I'm strapping in. Strapping in. Um, so we'll start with the epic that was As Long As You Love Me by the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, okay, yeah, strong. What I will say, actually, and I didn't realise this till I'd done it, 
uh, and I actually did do it before I realised, is that all of the people on my list I haven't mentioned before, and I don't think Ooh, you have, which is we've got a new, nice. we've got a brand new top 10. Oh, no, there's one I think that you've mentioned before. Either way, uh, I also have Angels by Robbie Williams. Okay, well, we've definitely um, mentioned Robbie Williams several times. Yes, but it hasn't been in my list. Uh, Take okay. that have, but uh, Robbie hasn't. All right, then. fair enough. Is is Robbie in your list, or did you remove him because of the the childbirth incident? I removed him for that. Uh, he was he was there right right up until the like writing me down like you're making sure you your your notes of my list are accurate. <laughs> no, I'm ticking off, just ticking off. Nothing, nothing special. The things I've wrote down so far today was horror. <laughs> Because I, I think I was going to make another earlier on. You mentioned to my horror, and I'm going to make a horror joke about it. Uh, so uh, I wrote down who's the dick, and I wrote down <laughs> Milky Bar slash Milky Way. Because I try not to, I try not to interrupt too much. So I make the notes of the jokes while you're talking, so I can uh, bring them back later. I just interrupt, don't I? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> seeing, seeing behind the scenes now, folks. Um, but yeah, Angels by Rob Williams. This was. Um, I I think, and I've kind of said this a couple of times, but I think this was the year. I, I genuinely think '97 was mm, to me what '95 was to you, right? Um, and I think Angels was the song that clicked for me. So I, I mentioned previously that um, I had an affinity with Robbie Williams. I don't really know why there was some stuff he said that made sense, and it was a bit of a, a bit of the odd one out. I think, and, and as a as a, a, a lonesome teenager, I think I felt that way. There was no reason for me to, just, you know, hormonal teenager mm-hmm. um, that got picked on for using bottles. But <laughs> I, uh, I I latched on to that Angel song, and for, for years it was like, I, I don't know why, just that was that was a song I latched on to and was able just to be, um, and not that, the album as well, I think there was stuff on there like Old Before I Die and stuff like that, and I just found that, I think that was the first album I got where I was like, it, it meant something to me. Yeah. And that's a bit soppy, but it, it did. But there you go. It is, a re- it is a really good album. Yeah, it's, it is good. I'm glad to go. Like Life for a Lens, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we also have uh, Hush by Cooler Shaker. Oh, so I, yes. And I absolutely love that song. I only found out this year that that's a cover. Was it? I knew that was a cover. Yeah, I didn't. It, was... it came out in the sixties. Um, it's um, I think it was Jimi Hendrix band or something like that. Like really massive artist from the sixties, and it's covered. But I absolutely, but I hated that one that everybody liked. I hated that song, but I think that is a absolutely kicking choice to have. So well done. Oh. <laughs> not often you say that I've had no. kind of two or three there uh, I don't think you've criticised any yet oh I'm on a roll right let's keep it going then with the awesome song Barbie Girl by Aqua oh yes and um, they've got their place right I've got a lot of respect for Aqua um, <laughs> I genuinely do like I love that song I absolutely love <laughs> I like doing both parts so hi Barbie hi Kim Want to go for a ride? Sure. I don't know how to respond to this. I'm I'm saying this stuff expecting to be slandered, and I'm getting praise. This is really weird. 
Um, but I think their better song, it might come out in 98 though, so I don't know if it came out the same year, but I really, really love, and I love singing it, is If only I could turn oh. back time. Was that for a film? Yeah, it was for Sliding Doors. It's, I don't know, this is very weird. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I have a Verve song. Uh, it wasn't the drugs that work. It was Bittersweet Symphony. Yeah, I'll I'll acknowledge it. I'm not that I'm not that much of a fan of it, but I will acknowledge that it's a good song. Oh, I want to find one you don't like. Okay, no, I don't know whether you'll like this one or not because I, I really, really, really like Texas, and that's I've got to say what you want. Yay! So this is what I call I call this. Um, is it this one? Is, it, is that the hot pizza song where at the start she goes, <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> is it? I, 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 I think so. <laughs> I'll never call it the hot pizza song, but yeah. Hot, hot, hot. <laughs> You'll always hear that now. My little present to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we have a very special song to finish off on because it's one, apparently, um, and I, I think this is a correct that you released <laughs> what, what song did you release in 1997 <laughs> is it Mbop it is indeed Mbop <laughs> by Hanson aka the Morganator all, 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 all three of them yeah yeah, this was, uh, I give, gave a bit of context for anyone not in the group. Um, I thought it would be brilliant to put up a thread. I was good to my word, was I not? I got the picture of my friend's dad who looks like I asked permission, all good as long as he was never named. He was fine with it going in. And I was like, come on then, let's, let's, <laughs> and you kind of went for yourself. You just was like, <laughs> you were like, I'm all over this. I know what people are going to say. <laughs> I didn't say anything. And mine started off really nice. So I had like that lovely actress called Leslie, I can't remember her, so Leslie Sharp, which was fine. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then it took a turn. It took a turn. Because <laughs> it went. Well, I like that you're choosing now to say you're adding context. When I introduced you as George Washington, and he just let it slide <laughs> at the start of the show. So it's taken about 40 minutes for people to understand why at the start of the show I referenced you as George Washington. Well, that's where it went to next. And then later it was Hudson, all of them. <laughs> And, and ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, if you would like to be part, not definitely not children of all ages, if you would like to be part of the merriment that is the, the Decapod Facebook group, head over to Facebook and uh, and search for Decapod. And then you too can be a Decamorphin Power Ranger. Or a Decapodian, whichever, you know. Or a lobster. Uh, yeah. You've all well, got maybe, names. Maybe we should um, settle on lobster instead. That spoils the fun, though, doesn't it, of the argument? Because yeah, that's yeah. the only thing we've disagreed about so far. <laughs> oh, um, I found Hanson amazingly annoying, um, particularly the youngest. Um, and I'm going to say something really controversial that you might have to edit out. Um, I would have quite liked to have been able to kick him in the face. <laughs> no, we'll leave that in. I mean, our friends are Pope Mark Lamar and I of a week, I think, so we're all right. Um, they, they had a lot more songs than Mbop. Well, but 
<laughs> so like yeah. I'm thinking it then. <laughs> there's there's like multiple albums which I didn't know about. I mean, I haven't listened to any of them, but I just oh. thought I wonder if they did. And I'm like, oh, there's loads again. I think they're still going. I think the thing there is though, if they're they're aimed at that, it's such a big market, that kind of preteen market. So I can get my head around the fact that I mean, how old were you when you listened to them? <laughs> 14, 15. <laughs> Whatever age this is, probably 15. Okay. Um, anything else on music? Uh, no, I, I felt I felt really gutted with it with some of the ones that I left out. So I did <laughs> I did leave out Body Shaking by 911. And I did like a bit of 911. Uh I did leave out Breathe by the Prodigy. Right. And block rocking beats by the Chemical Brothers. Oh, it's a it's a stonker. But I mentioned them last week, so I don't feel too bad. But I did find it. I, I, I did find it quite interesting that um, it's a completely new list. Yeah. Um, whereas last week I was saying about oh we'll never mention Take That again. Oh, they will do, will we? Actually, when it gets to the twenty tens or whatever, they come back. Yeah. But um, yeah, we won't mention Take That. I need seventeen again. Maybe we'll just have an honorary mention to a certain band every week. Yeah. We'll just get on with our lives. I think it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was thirty years ago. Oh, oh no, no, no! A long time ago. Yeah, a very long time ago. Um, in right. your head, in your head, in your head. How old are you? How old do you um, feel? 76. Um, <laughs> I feel about mid 30s, so I don't feel ridiculously younger than what I am. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm but do you know what? Do you know what's really weird? I'm really good with it, and I really subscribe to this idea that you find who you are in your 30s and you get really comfortable with it. And I just remember a lot of my 20s was about desperately trying to impress people desperately trying to fit in with people rather than just going oh do you know what I don't like going to those kinds of clubs I like this and I'm just gonna go and have and had I done that I would have found my people much younger but I think everybody tends to go through that so actually yes I don't feel much younger than I actually am but I'm the happiest I've been in my life oh that's really good to hear um, it's a very positive show today, isn't it? It's really it positive is. Show. I told you. Maybe it's the day of the week because we're recording on a different day of the week. Do you think that's got anything to do with it? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we just need longer apart every time. <laughs> <laughs> when we speak weekly. Maybe we just wear each other out a bit. Maybe. We're moving the show to fortnightly, folks. <laughs> well, how old do you feel in your head? 25. Yeah. Uh, and I only realised the other day, I'm not going to tell you the story why, but I only realised the other day that I'm like, oh, crap, I still think I'm 25. And I'm not. I'm 39. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but not in a, actually, not in a bad way. Not like, oh, my, I wish I would. It, but it's like, I can't do some of the things that I did when I was 25. Yeah. Which is a bit anticlimactic. <laughs> but I'd rather be younger in my brain than than older so yeah yeah so i feel like i want to cover this and i want to sort of but you don't like the deaths bit but we have to focus on death for 97 because a big year for death and i think you know where i'm gonna go with this yeah 
uh, I think we can we can take a guess. Uh, something to do with a candle in the wind. It did blowing out. Um, so yeah, we 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 have to mention this. Like 1997, um, Princess Diana um, died. I think 31st of August, and everybody will know that that story about how that just came to happen. And mention this like in 95, it really blew my mind how short an amount of time it was between. Diana and Charles announcing that they were divorced and then that leading to like when she actually died it felt like they'd been separated and apart for almost like 10 years I had like in my head it was almost like they must have announced that in the in the 80s or something or the early 90s at best and then like she had like this massive but just must have been a lot happened but I don't really want to like reflect too much about like thoughts about her as a person or anything like that what I'm interested in and I think it's quite um typical for people our age who were about 14 15 when it happened I remember being really unaffected by the news because it just didn't have this impact and I remember my mum who it was really like a really loving like mother but didn't I overly go overboard in sort of being emotional about stuff and she was devastated like she was waiting for me to get out of my bedroom to tell me oh princess diana died last night and I remember going oh okay and I worked in a music shop and I went I'm off to work it 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 was it was almost like she told me like the neighbor's cat had been knocked over in in the night or something like that and then and I'm trying to like be really careful about how it plays because I'm not trying to suggest it isn't sad and Lots of stuff that you hear about Princess Diana now actually makes me admire her quite a lot. Um, stuff that I didn't know about her at the time, maybe a lot of people didn't know. So unbelievably sad, but I can always just focus on, I just didn't feel moved by it at the time. And I actually remember when the funeral was aired, I didn't sit in the living room and watch it. I, I watched, I think Channel 4 had was the only channel that had something different on and whatever it was that Channel 4 had on, I watched that in my bedroom instead. So... I just thought it was important, just something like worth calling out. It was a weird age to have that news hit. I, very, very similar. Um, I uh, I mean, you were lucky because my mum come in my bedroom and woke me up. <laughs> she put my TV on. She's like, look, what? Look. <laughs> Try to wake up to work out what's going on. And I didn't really, I mean, like, same as you, it wasn't clearly not like, pleased about it but I just wasn't bothered and I think that that's sort of the time when we had that generational generational shift away from the royal family mm. um and I, maybe I'm speaking out of turn there but I'm someone that you know it should be abolished so I think I know that the, the, mm. the royal family she kind of out of it at that point in that sense and maybe never wanted to be in it in the first place all of the story but um I, I, I didn't really give a monkey's um sad that she's died don't want anyone to die and same as you mm. with the funeral i can remember my mum making like a day of it yeah. and i can remember her taking pictures at tv with a with camera because she was that sad and i'm just like oh. Oh, i didn't know her you know I, I had no affinity towards her yeah i it blew my mind just how many people almost did this pilgrimage to go and lay flowers sort of at her at her her place of residence and things like that and but yeah also in um, so two other things to sort of call out. One around the funeral um, broke records. It was watched by 2.5 billion viewers, um, which was like quite notable. And also 97, um, Mother Teresa died, which is sad as well, isn't it? 
Yeah. Again, no strong feelings. I think that I try not to be political, whatever. This, but the re, one of the reasons for, for my general dislike and disdain and, and yeah, verge on hatred of the royal family is is that funeral and the kids walking down through oh, the crowd. Gosh. It's like, why? Yeah. They don't, even if they wanted to, at that age, no, don't let yeah. them. The royal family or not, it's pathetic and it's stupid and I'm going to stop talking because it's whatever. But... Um, which was the more significant news? Princess Diana dying or Channel 5 launching? <laughs> was that 97? Yeah. I always have that in my head that it was 2000 and they launched it as part of the millennium. Um, I it hope felt... it was 97. You know, maybe I'll no. make an apology next week. Well, <laughs> <laughs> come on. Um, I, I remember it being a big deal and I remember it being quite kind of exciting channel five and then it was just like one of the biggest dance squibs ever because they never got any decent shows they had two i think that i watched hang on a minute hang on a minute they had that show didn't they they had the pig show yes well, yes i did <laughs> so they had three shows that i watched um but the I can remember being excited about Channel 5 because we never had like Sky or anything like that at that point. So it was all of us. I was like, I've got an extra channel to watch. And yeah. I was very excited by that because a lot of my friends had Sky or whatever. And they'll talk about all these channels, they had football and stuff. And I'm like, well, I've just got these four. Like, oh, now I've got five. And I can remember it kicking off with a Spice Girls as well. Spice Girls somehow uh, launched it. So yeah. oh, there you go. That's why it was a. Uh, do you want any of the events from 97 or do you want to save them? We, we can savour them. Okay. Should we leap into TV? We can leap into TV. TV's a bit mare again. I'm going to no. just come out and say it. I haven't got 10. I think I've about got five. I, I had to reduce mine down. I was very, very happy with TV <laughs> this year. I, I, I really struggled. Shall I do my um, five? If you Five? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do your five first. I'll do, yeah. Okay. So I've got, um, in fact, I haven't even got five. Some of them are just things that happened. So Derek <laughs> Derek died in Coronation Street. So I noted that down as a notable TV event. Derek Wilton married to Mavis. Um, that's that's quite sad. Uh, Jonathan Creek. I've got um, Jonathan Creek. Something that I didn't watch at the time because I still had like this fear about anything mildly crime or scary related. So I wouldn't have gone near it. However, I did start rewatching because I absolutely love Alan Davies. So um, sort of going back to it a bit. And I actually also now really like crime stories. So it's like, it's got like a different level to me. So, but that was big, wasn't it, when it came out? Yeah. Uh, and I love Jonathan Creek. I think it was. I don't think there's many shows at that time that I started watching and watched all the way through. Yeah. Uh, and that was, well, all the way until I think Caroline Quinton left, didn't she? And then someone else replaced. So I watched it all the way to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love Jonathan Creek. Cause it, one of those where I would always try and work out what happened. Yeah. And then I'd either be like mightily impressed at the end or I'd be like, that's just stupid. Mm-hmm. That won't happen. But yeah. It's also one of those shows where it's like, do, do, do. I should have done that, shouldn't I? Like, I guess it anyway. One for you, Dale Terry. One for you. Driving school. (laughs) On my list. Yeah. 
Yes. With Maureen Reese. Yeah. I could still really clearly see the, the little teaser advert. So you said, I could see that bit and it's on a dual carriageway. And then she has to brake really sharply because her husband's teaching her to drive as well, isn't he? I can't remember who taught her, but yeah, I can remember she was kind of drifting across lanes. He had to grab wheel and pull her back. And yeah, yeah, yeah been there, didn't that? <laughs> um, I've put down I'm Alan Partridge, but I'm not really going to go into detail because we've mentioned it in a previous show. And it, I'm a bit like you, it blurs a little bit for me about which episode's coming which, but it's worth it's worth a mention. I think I need to go back and and, and re-watch all that because I do really like it. It's mm. really funny and it's right my cup of tea, but I, I think I'm I need to go back and watch them all, I think. Yeah. Well, it's a good way to spend spend an evening, I think. Um I've also put down Brass Eye. Yep. Um again, just groundbreaking television. Was Brass Eye, and I've only just thought of this when when you said it actually, but was Brass Eye the one that did like a paedophile watch? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That got some complaints, didn't it? Yeah, it did, yeah. It was yeah. brilliant. It was hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that got some complaints. I can understand why, to be fair. Yeah. But that's what really, that's what that sort of comedy should be doing. It should be pushing boundaries so much that it's getting complaints and they're, they're threatening to sort of take it off air. And, you know, they know they're doing a good job at, at that kind of comedy. Um, I also had, oh, another, another, uh, character being killed off cheryl in neighbors was killed off um running across the road she um saves the little daughter lolly she was married to lou carpenter and i like noted that down because i always remember a different storyline associated with cheryl where she was part of a hostage <laughs> situation and she uh, she went in and she fell in love with one of the other hostages and they came out and didn't want to be with lou anymore which is, and I always remember that, but apparently that's quite common if you are in like a hostage situation as a group of people that to fall in love with someone because you've gone through that experience. At the time, remember what she goes, that's ridiculous. <laughs> fall in love with someone because you were locked in a room with them, but apparently it happens. And uh, Postman Pat came back. Um, and I have to note that down because he must have had a few hiatuses and he was back on the screens for my son being um, like of CBeebies age. And if you want a treat, go on Tinternet, put in Postman Pat and then put like Mum's Net or something like that and find the thread about how utterly, utterly useless Postman Pat is and how has he not been fired from his job. It's brilliant reading i really recommend it i'm gonna know it down honestly it'll be the best five minutes it it's so good um and then i'd got like another channel launch in in 97 and it was um trouble so i had i did have um i did have sky at my house and I remember when that launched and it was all programs geared towards kind of teenagers. And there was one in particular that I really liked and it was called ready or not. I don't know if you remember it. And it was just two teenage girls, Amanda and busy. And they were just making their way through what I think America called middle school. And I loved it because they were the same age as me and they had the same kind of problems as me, but it was one of those American shows where they talked about getting the periods and it would get the, and the like serious things would happen as well. And it had one of the most kick-ass, theme tunes but i'm going to invite people to go and look up the theme tune to ready or not rather than me sing it 
And that endeth my TV knowledge. I mean, you've missed some quality. Uh, we'll see. Seen a warrior princess? Yeah, no. Okay, not at all. I loved it. I wonder why. No, genuinely, <laughs> it's my sort of yeah. it's, it's B movie TV. Yeah. Oddly enough, I didn't like Hercules. Oh, that's strange, isn't it? Read that's... into that what you will. Yeah. Um, uh, Harry Hill. Which po- so Harry Hill was in this book. I couldn't work out. Was it that Channel Four Tea Time show he had? I think so, because it was like um, almost like a chat show, wasn't it? Yeah. I wasn't so much of I really love, I think Harry Hill's only done one really great thing on TV and that's TV Burp. And they should bring that back. I don't like him now, but I remember at this age liking him. I think yeah. his humour at the time tickled me. I just think like when he did his stand-up though, it was just a bit same. He was just always like, ooh, like the, like, like the sleeves, like the sleeves, like that. I was like, what's he talking about? Um, all right, so I've got a couple here. Well, in fact, no, first, next one I'm going to mention is a TV drama called The Lakes. Oh, no, I don't remember. I was going right. to, no, don't remember it at all. I think it was only like three parts long or someone. It was, I can't remember the chap's name. It was in, uh, I can't remember what it was in, but it was in Doctor <laughs> Who at one point. And anyways, um, oh. It's going to bother me now. I can't remember his name. It'll come back to me after it was films. But uh, just like a really gritty drama that was um, set in the lakes, oddly enough. And just there was like murder and rape and violence. And it was really gritty. And I think it was the first TV show like that that I actually really enjoyed. And that was different for me because I, you look at all the stuff I normally put down, you know, driving school and I'm Alan Partridge and Xena Warrior Princess. But then I watched The Lakes, which was this, like I said, just a really gritty drama. So if you haven't watched The Lakes, I think you can still get it on stuff like YouTube and probably BritBox. Go and give that a watch. Um, as well as The Lakes, I also have some sports-related ones. So Emma is going to be very, very keen to hear these because... In 1997, Dream Team started, which was... Uh, how did I watch this? We must yes. have got Sky late in that, because it was on Sky 1. We must have got Sky late in 97 or early 98 or something. But it was literally a, a soap about yeah. football. I avoided it like the plague. Also, excellent feeling then when I couldn't get out of my cardigan just now. <laughs> I'm used to carrying the show. It's all right. Like a good sidekick. <laughs> yep, they don't call me psychic Terry for nothing. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, the one thing I remember from Dream Team was there was, I think his name was Summit Baptiste, uh, a footballer called Baptiste, and Liverpool like, were trying to find out who he was because everyone was talking about him on the telly. And Liverpool Football Club thought it was a real footballer and tried to find out where he was to buy him, which oh was a real goodness. thing. Is that also, is it Dream Team that birthed the character Chardonnay? Oh, no, that was Footballers' Wives. Yeah, okay. I was thinking it was a football thing, but I, I, it wasn't that. I don't think it was. Uh, the other, other, it's not just, I don't think it was just football. I think it was sports, but I love this. And it was the most underrated sports program of all time by the most underrated TV slash radio presenter of all time, which was Under the Moon, presented by Danny Kelly. 
And it was just a, a late night. It was on Channel 4. It was about 10 o'clock, about an hour, not even been two hours, where they just talked sport. And it was just a really, really pleasant... And at that time, I was into alt sports. So really, really pleasant, fun watch. It was it was harmless but informative. And Danny Kelly is the most underrated presenter of all time. He's articulate, he's passionate, he's knowledgeable, he's insightful. And if I can catch him on something, I will catch him on it and I will watch it. I've never heard of him. Yeah, well, he's like um, a nice version of Phil Jupiter's. Mm-hmm. He's sport mainly, anyways. Ask your dad. Um, <laughs> Do you want to look, pat me on the head as well? Yeah. Ask your dad, Flower. Yeah. He'll your, da- your dad will know. <laughs> um, all right. And then we've got the Channel 5 one that I mentioned before. And I really, really liked this. Um, it was Bring Me the Head of Light Entertainment. Oh, yeah, I don't remember it. It was hosted. Uh, uh, the, the, the two shows from Channel 5 that I liked, and I don't know when they won't come out, so I'm going to mention it now briefly, uh, was Bring Me the Head of Light Entertainment. I'm pretty sure it was like a panel show hosted by Graham Norton. Really? It, yeah. Um, and I'm, I think he hosted it. was either host or a guest. I think he hosted it. And, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. It was just fun. And I think I started watching it because I'm excited because I've got this new channel. Yeah. But, it's one of the few shows like, and the other one was, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a karaoke song, and it was hosted by Suggs. And oh, that's bad. That, that sounds familiar. And that had the, the bloke from EastEnders on it, the big bloke who died, got pushed down the hill. Uh, Sean Williamson. Yes, he was on it on one, on one of the teams. Um, then we should also, because Five also had its own soap, Family Affairs. Yes, which also started in 1997 when it was the biggest pile of wank in the entire world. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it lasted very long. And I did this thing once because my nan used to watch it and this was the most annoying thing I've ever done. And you've known me do some annoying shit in the short time you've known me. But <laughs> I've gone to my nan and apparently they all died on this barge. There was oh. like a, a, a fire and like everyone died. And <laughs> going to my nan, everyone? She says, yeah. I'm like, the dad? She says, yeah. I'm like, and the mum, yeah, like, even the kid, like, yeah, and there were like seven people. And yes, Terry, everyone died, like, even the kid. Like, the oh, most thing ever. Yeah, that reminds me of a bit in the royal family where um, they're getting they're talking about someone getting Sky, and uh, Dave is going, and they got all the channels, yes, Dave, and they got Sky Sports, Sky Sports, but yes, Dave, and they got <laughs> like, you know, eventually, um, Jim goes, yes, they got. <laughs> I'm going to do a, a visual reference for the royal family now. So anyone listening, I would like you to take a guess at what this what this visual reference for the royal family is. Ooh. Do you not get that visual reference? I rec- I recognise it, but I can't put it into context. You'll have to go back and watch. Yeah, it. Yeah, we will. It's something Dave does. Yeah, but I can't remember why he does it. Yeah. I love the Royal Family. How good was that? When did that? When can we talk about that proper? I think ninety nine. Uh, it's it's either ninety eight or not. It's it's pre two thousands because everybody always credits the Office for that kind of lack of laughter track, lack of studio audience. But Royal Family were there first. And I'm glad it's, it, sorry, no, it's then. I'm glad it's ninety nine because I keep thinking of stuff that excites me. Go and see what year it is, then realize it's either yeah. 80s or 2000. Like, oh, when am I going to get to speak about this now? Yeah, no, Royal Family's coming. 
I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so, yeah, the TV, I think you missed quite a bit there. We had Jonathan Creek, Driving School, The Lakes, I'm Alan Partridge, Brass Eye, Under the Moon, Harry Hill, Xena Warrior Princess, Bring Me the Head of Light Entertainment, and Dream Team. That's a cracking year for TV. That stands up to anything from 1995. Bullshit. I'm getting the notepad <laughs> for 1995. I was to swap notepads. We were live, live recently. You'll hear the papers ruffle, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> So for 1995, we are the private life of plants. Oh, this is mine, not yours, obviously. But they think it's all over. It's good. The thin blue line, game on, band of gold, my kind <laughs> of people, Father Ted, Star Trek Voyager, Earthworm Jim, and Next of Kin. Maybe they're on a par. Maybe yeah, they're on a par. It it holds. Maybe they're on a par. I'll be taking no further questions. Okay. Um, we haven't come across any tro- anyone troublesome yet. Anyone no, problematic? No one problematic as yet, which is good. The potential in the films. No, I think my films look clean. They look clean. That's fine. Uh, would you like my 1997 events? Yes. Yes, please. Okay. So Harry Potter was published, the first Harry Potter book. Um, and remember, she was writing it in an earlier episode. Um, so we sort of mentioned that. It's also the year Labour win. So Labour come into power. So that might be the other reason why there's this feeling of positivity and sort of high-spiritedness. But I do remember, like, I do remember it feeling very positive, that Labour win and things like that. We try not to get too political on here, but I think it's worth mentioning. And also, sorry, I've got really sniffly now, uh, so apologies. Uh, we won Eurovision in 1997. With, we mentioned Katrina and the Waves last year last year last week and it was 97 that we won it which i can't remember how the song goes at all but i do remember watching it and watching the votes come in so uh, it's crazy to me that we were there and we win that year and it's not i mean we know we're saying it's a long time since then but we're nil point <laughs> i mean it's no wonder it's such a positive year when you've got you know, a, a Labour government that's trying to help people. Um, you've got a Labour government that's trying to help people. You've got winning the Eurovision Song Contest. You've got, like, Emma Morgan in the charts with, with Mbop. And you've got all the TV goodness that is Channel 5. I haven't even got to the films yet. It's like, I know. This is the year that, 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 that turned the country around. Well, yeah, and if that wasn't enough, and I have to mention this, and it is a football reference, but I have to, and it will test whether my family listened to this podcast because 1997 is also the year that Derby County moved to Pride Park. Been to Pride Park, I went once. It's a beautiful stadium. Um, I hate football, but I, I do love that stadium. Even I was a little bit excited to go to that stadium when I went way back in the day. Remember, I went to see, um, it must have been Liverpool Derby. And uh, what my brother, who was older than me, he's about 15 years older than me. And it would have been around about this time, I think, because I, it was at the time when he was double my age. Um, uh-huh. So he'd have been obviously 30 ish and I was 15 ish. Um, and I can remember <laughs> trying to impress him with my taste of music, which wasn't my taste of music because I was trying to impress him. I would have had like Moby and stuff oh. like that, thinking that would impress him. And I didn't like Moby at all. And it didn't even impress him. So it was all just pointless. Oh. Sad times. Yeah. Right. Anything else before we get into, because I'm so excited for film. 
Uh, I do just want to mention that uh, for anyone uh, wondering, there will be no wrestling references going forward because if you listened to the show last week, you'll have heard that, that the Mighty Emma Morgan arranged a special guest where we could get all the wrestling out of the system. You know, essentially until next season, we could have a recap of whatever wrestling is going on in that decade as well. But for 1990s, we, we, we've kind of covered to it and give that a rest. You have now got off with <laughs> wrestling. That's, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it took to 97 <laughs> to although, get, and it took getting a special guest in. <laughs> although following uh, following on from our previous conversation earlier today, uh, we can now be known as Tiger Pants and Marcy Giannetti. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So is Tiger Pants the actual name of the wrestler? Or no, is that, no, that's just what you called him. <laughs> His name was Sean Michaels. Right. <laughs> Okay, so I didn't know whether I'd happened accidentally upon an actual resting name with Tiger Pants. I just wanted to make sure. No. Because you know how I like to be right about things. I like to get things right. You know this. Clarification is your forty. Yes. Right. Films. I'm going to let you go first. I think I've gone first twice. Okay. I had a really, really hard time with films, uh, deciding which ones not to include. And the, I'm going to start off with two that I haven't included, <laughs> just just to give a mention to them because it's relevant. Um, one is the Titanic. Don't particularly like the film, yeah, but it. it's need to mention it because it is a, at the time it was the highest grossing film of all time. And then an honorary mention to uh, Spice Girls the movie Spice World, mm. which came out in 1990, which I've still never watched and never intend to. Yeah, same. Okay, so on to my top 10, and they're not in any order, but I have got one of ultimate gigantic epic proportions, which if I was doing a top 10 of horror films, I don't even know if I'd put in it, even though I class it as horror, because I'd probably keep it out and put it in the sci-fi category, so I could put a different film in the horror. (laughs) That's how my, that's, at the minute, I'm trying to work out my top 10 horror films. And I'm thinking I can class that one as sci-fi so I can take it out <laughs> and legitimately and I can fit more films in. This is how oh, my brain's going, right? That but, was the best. That is one of the best insights into how your brain works that I've ever had recording this show. That was amazing. Well, here's the thing. They will, because we're currently trying to devise our top 10 horror films, and I am having a hard old time with this, really hard, you will now get me arguing with you that films aren't horror and they're actually thriller. <laughs> right. No, nope. thriller section. Thriller Ooh, section. What a U turn. Yeah. Um, only until <laughs> only until the first of November, and then you know we return to normal. Um, but okay, so uh, I I've got a couple of sequels now, and I have got a film or two that uh, aren't necessarily the great. As, you know, we have this every time. Aren't necessarily the greatest films of all time, but I really enjoy them. And definitely, I've mentioned. I'm going to start off with the sequel to Jurassic Park, which was Jurassic Park: The Lost World. Okay. Uh... The T Rex came to town. It, it's one of. The, I think this film would have been highly regarded if Jurassic Park hadn't come out before it. Yeah, but you can't have it without Jurassic no, Park. No, I, I appreciate that, but I think that the fact that Jurassic Park is such a phenomenal film and should be on anyone's top ten list, depending on what mood I'm in, would <laughs> that um, that's me laughing to your reactions for a change? Um, <laughs> it should be on anyone's top ten list that it kind of diminishes 
the, the Lost World a bit. And I think The Lost World is a really good film. It won't make onto my top 10 list of all time, but really good film. And I think it's worth watching within that that trilogy. And- serious. Oh, sorry. Serious question. Is there a book um, of two as well? Or did the movie, is that, did they just kind of go, oh, fuck it. We don't need Crichton anymore. <laughs> we just, we'll go and do our own thing. I haven't read it, but I seem to think there might be. You know, the one wrote retrospectively. Oh, uh, okay, cool. But I could yeah. be wrong on that. I'm not doing live research on that. No. Um, also, I have uh, Men in Black. Yeah, I have Men in Black. Which I don't oh like. Oh, my God. Why is that not on my music list? Oh, all yours. <laughs> yes, but um, I think it came out towards the end of the year. Uh, so you think it's going to come up for 98? Well, no, but I think what that means is that we have more Will Smith music to come in 98. I know, but I know the words to Men in Black and I've missed an opportunity to do them. <laughs> well, this is just something you have to live with. I know. You put the Spice Girls song in. Oh, left no! man in black. Oh, that's wounded me. Really good film. Really it's... enjoyed it. I don't think I could be bothered watching it again. I've no great desire to watch it again. Although my... I think, oddly, the the, the best bit of that film for me and the bit that Six Mad is the bit that probably no one else would remember, but the bit where they're, they're testing all the detectives and he gets up and drags that table. Yeah, well, I've used that at work to demonstrate um, sort of thinking, being empowered, basically. Um, okay, cool. So we also have, because we're into like James Bond season now, we have oh, Tomorrow no. Never Dies. It's another Pierce Brosnan special. Uh, this, this, the, the Pierce Brosnan Bonds are much like a, a lot of, Film series they get progressively worse. Whereas Goldeneye was phenomenal, Tomorrow Never Dies was good, but yeah, not the best. But still, Bond so awesome as always. Speaking of uh, uh, spies, we also have the International Man of Mystery, Austin Powers. <gasps> yes, this is on my. This is one I'm so excited to. I've made little notes. Um, best character, Doctor Evil, uh, without a doubt. Uh, and this came up on a TikTok earlier. I'd completely forgot that his cat was called Mr. Bigglesworth. And it really made me laugh to be reminded of that. I absolutely love, And I find it really weird because I hate the James Bond films, but I love all the parody. And that's how strong the James Bond films are. I know all the jokes. And I know what they're making fun of. Um, yeah, like Will, Will Ferrell as Mustafar as well like it like that's like it's such a strange cameo but I absolutely love it I think Austin Powers 3 is 99 because that's my favorite of the two so that's the that's in that'll be in my list for 99 uh I just think it's good fun basically yeah I'd wholeheartedly agree and the, the problem I have with Austin Powers is that I cannot separate the films you know, if I think of, I cannot pick what happened in each film, um, but yeah, loved them all. It was like I think that's it. Good fun, yeah, good fun. Now, 
If I was to say to you that Pierce Brosnan is going to appear in two films in my 1997 list, one of which was Tomorrow Never Dies, would you know which other film it was? No, but I really want it to be Taffin, um, which is an Adam and Joe reference. Uh, and people go look up Adam and Joe Taffin um, outside of the show and you won't be disappointed. No. Dante's Peak. Oh, uh, yeah, never seen it. That's a volcano that blows up. I don't do I don't like disaster movies. It's weird because I I don't feel like it's a disaster movie. And no. I know it obviously is, but I think that it's not on a, a grand enough scale. It's like for me, a disaster movie has to be world ending. <laughs> Speaking of which, we're not gonna get this to get to this one for years. So go check out Greenland. Um, if you've got an Amazon Prime or anything, uh, it's free on there at the minute. It's uh, the, the bloke who was in it is famous. Gerard Butler, he's in uh. it. And it's possibly the best disaster film I've ever seen. And it doesn't feel like a disaster film either. It's a brilliant story. And the stuff happens in it where you start initially going, that's too cheesy. I want that. But then five minutes later, it rectifies it. It's like... That's brilliant, because in a normal disaster film, they would run off with that cheese line, but they haven't, they've fixed it. So, yeah, it, even for, for, for anyone that's not fond of disaster movies, go check out Greenland. Not 1990, it's, it's, it's 2021, <laughs> I believe, but check it out. Um, but no, I, I, I watched Dante speak, I recorded it on VHS, and I watched it excessively. I just, really, really good film. Um, again, you know, not a big hitter, not going to be on many people's lists, but I've got a nice, a nice warm feeling inside when I read that that was from 1997. Then we come on to my final one, two, three, four, five, my final five. And they're all horror. So we have Alien Resurrection. All right which was the fourth in the series, and friend of the show, Rob Farker. Uh, he is a big Alien fan as well, so shout out to he, uh, whose podcast you were recently on and promoted wildly, so well done. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nonsense, nonsense. I wasn't very well this week. I'm allowed. I think that will be for them, but either way, um, <laughs> you know, but it's good job you have a good team of people around you to help you out with this stuff. Um, shout out to Amanda Leek. The... Um, that was phenomenal, by the way. They made yeah. a phenomenal job. She deserves a special mention. If anyone that is listening to this and they want to get a rundown of our shows, <laughs> go to the Decapod group because it is a delight watching Emma, Mo- Emma Morgan, Amanda no, Leake's analysis. No, no, it really, I don't want to <laughs> do that. Yeah, it really is amazing when she puts up her snippets that she likes. Yeah, I think we might need to hire her at some point. Either way. Uh, Alien Resurrection. Uh, I don't know how I got diverted there. But the, probably the worst film in the Sigourney Weaver quadrilogy. But there's still something to it. it it's just there's there's some epic scenes and anything with a big alien is always good. And um, yeah, just a bit bonkers as well. All a bit crazy. Um, but I think, I think this is going to be the last mention of any Aliens films because we then have Alien vs. Predator 1 and 2. We have Prometheus, and we have uh, the uh, the last Alien, which Alien Covenant, all of which are utter shite and ruin the entire series. So this will be the last mention of Alien, so it's worth taking a moment. I'm going to say a moment of silence. Not ideal for a podcast. There's a moment of respect and honour for the... 
It won't be. It won't be because it's 80s. The first tour in the 80s. We've got it all to come. Yes, I take it all back. One time's <laughs> a hoy. Anyway, right. moving on to my next four. I want to mention this one because it's still really good. I scream too. Yeah, yeah, I like Scream too. Yeah, I am. Um, I, it gets um, knocked a little bit, but I thought it was strong. Yeah, I, again, it's probably a little bit like us in Jurassic Park in that because the first one is such a big hitter, the second one takes a bit of a, a fall for that. But it's not as good as the first one. But I like where they went with it. I like how the story progressed and developed. But they, um, yeah, and they play on the fact it's a sequel. Yeah, if I remember correctly, and they say about slightly different rules because it's a sequel. Yeah. Um, I don't know what year it is, but Scream 3 won't be in my list, but Scream 4 will when we come to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then uh, I am going to say Wishmaster, which was produced by Wes Craven. Uh, mm-hmm. then, I always say the king of horror, but the more I think about it, John Carpenter's the king of horror, not Wes Craven. Well, they're not just, I know, I guess, I was going to say they're not different types of horror. Yeah. Either way, um, Wishmaster, it's, it's not as good as uh, Wes's other stuff. Um, and I'll just refer to him as Wes from now on. Um, you know, your Nightmare on Elm Street, your Scream, your Last House on the Left and, and all that shizzle. Um, but it's it's what I would regard as just a bit of a fun horror movie. It's it's not particularly scary, but it's kind of fun. It's kind of cool. Um, basically, that you, if you wish for something, he makes it come true. But unfortunately, people wish for bad stuff sometimes and they phrase things in a bad way. It's like a bad Aladdin is what it is. <laughs> a badding. <laughs> yeah. Have I sold you to watch it yet? Nope. Okay. Uh, and then my final two, I am going to, again, not the greatest film of all time, but I really, really like it. And it's I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, yeah. I like that film. Yeah. yeah. I don't really understand it all. It's a little bit wishy-washy, a little bit bonkers, but I think that Jennifer Love Hewitt plays a, I think I've got the name right, plays a brilliant final girl, and I love a final girl, and she does it brilliantly. And you can see it's a it's a kind of a spin-off off the screen, and you know it's gone in yeah. that kind of direction. But it's good. The only one in the series that's any good, but it's still good and definitely make it onto my top 10 for this year. Which brings me to... Which brings me to my um, ultimate film of 1997. And when I do my top 10 films of the year, this will be on there. And it it is in contention for the top film of 1997. I'm not sure if it would make it, but it's definitely contention for on there. And it is much like Danny Kelly and Under the Moon is underrated. It is one of the most underrated films of all time, Event Horizon. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Don't watch it. It's not your type of film. <laughs> it is sci-fi horror, and it is absolute cinema gold, if you like. Sci-fi and or horror, it is an absolute masterpiece. It's got Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne and lots of other amazing characters, I'm sure, but just playing absolute masterful roles. Basically, they go to space and go to hell at the same time, you know, But and then hell takes over a ship. But just in, it, it's it's like such a good film that it's it, genuinely struggling to put into words. Um, whereas I did my screen monologue the other week, and, and that I found that quite flawed. But this one I'm struggling because it's just such a good film. But I think the description of it doesn't do it justice. It's it's masterfully played. It's got a real subtle build up. The only problem I have with this film that stops it potentially being the greatest one of all time. 
is it doesn't quite expand enough on some stuff. It's a little bit contracted. It's about 90 minutes, I think. If it had been made two hours and just expanded it a little bit and drawn you a little bit more, it would be possibly the greatest one of all time. But I will settle for it as it is because Sam Neill, he's in the, the my list twice as well, there with Jurassic Park. Uh, oh, no, he wasn't in that one. So, no, there you go. But uh, Sam Neill, love Sam Neill. He's awesome. Ah. I've got no words because I've, I've never even heard of it, let alone see it. Surely that's an ideal opportunity for you to offer a strong opinion. <laughs> no. Okay. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that this week. Did I do my mine? Yeah, fire away. I'm interested to see which ones you've got uh, and which ones I didn't have. Okay, so I'm going in with the game, um, Michael Douglas film. Didn't watch it until about last... In, it was like within the last two years. One of those films, just never saw it at the time, but always wanted to see it. And it's okay. It's one of those starting that those tales with a twist kind of things that does it quite well. I'm not a massive Michael Douglas fan, which would have been a blocker. Um, so we've got that. I had Men in Black. Um, I'm going to introduce my film number three with a quote. So if I go, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Will, it's not your fault. It's not your fault, Will. Goodwill hunting. Oh, you don't like Robin Williams. This is what I'm starting to realise. You do not like Robin Williams. That's his Oscar film. Dead Poet Society is an amazing film. And that has Robin Williams in it, as is Jumanji. Oh, my. I and uh, Mark and Mindy was also brilliant. Ah, uh, I love Goodwill Hunting. Don't, don't you continue to tar these, these actors saying that I dislike them. It's just like the emission, like Aladdin. I still never got over it. It was in 1991. I'm still seething about that. No, I, I dislike Phil. I hate, despise Phil Dupas. I despise Mark Lamar. I, I really like Robin Williams. It was in Hook. I like yeah. all these films. Hmm. I'm now questioning if he won the Oscar for Goodwill Hunting because <laughs> I don't know if he did or not. Because now you've said Dead Poets Society, and I was like. Which one was it? Anyway. So that uh, explains what that expression was. When I, was <laughs> I definitely didn't win it for Mark and Mindy anyway. So. <laughs> uh, so I've also got Liar Liar. Uh, that was Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah. where he's a lawyer. Um, I, it's it's basic. It does what it needs to do. Um, I like it. Um, anyone that's a fan of it, if I kind of go, the goddamn pen is blue, will absolutely be killing themselves laughing at that at that memory. That tends to be one of the more quoted. I I don't. I think you've missed it. I don't think I like Jim Carrey. Oh. And I don't think I've realised it until you've said it. I like the mask, but. Oh, maybe I do, because I like the Truman Show. I don't particularly like liar. Ace Ventura is very problematic now. There's a scene at the end of that film where yeah. it's like, no, yeah, that's it's... not, that don't work anymore. Maybe I think it's that role. I think that film puts me off, maybe. 
Maybe maybe it's not that I dislike Jim Carrey. Maybe it's I dislike that film. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean as well. Uh, well, I I genuinely think that that's a good film. Um, right, I'm going to go to because I've got some oh some absolute bells. So Full Monty um, also on my list. It's just a good film. It's just a nice British comedy about men getting in the starkers, but you don't actually get to see anything. And that is why we needed Magic Mike. <laughs> like Hollywood looked to where we could do this better. Uh, so and yeah, full to be fair, they did. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, as I'm all for inclusivity, um, you know, and I'm represented in that film clearly. Northern, you know, overweight, bit bald. I'm clearly represented in that film. But I know what I'd rather look at. Yeah, and it's Magic Mike. Yeah. Just don't have a moment. Um, John Sim. John Sim. He was in the lakes. John Sim was in the lakes. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you, you like, I mean, that's one way to wake me up from my little magic mic moment I was having. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that. Um, right. So I I just want to make sure. Right. So I've also got Romy and Michelle's high school reunion, which is brilliant. Now you like Lisa Kudrow. So I'm surprised it's not on your list. And I just think it's really good. And it's even better to watch when you get older and you get threatened with the thing that you have to go to a school reunion, particularly if you're not in a place in your life where you want to be, which is kind of the story for these girls. But what I love about it, my favourite bit about it is the way they come up with what they think is a genius thing to say that they've done that's really impressive. <laughs> go around to everyone. I invented post-its. <laughs> I just think that's one of the best lies ever. I invented post-its. Um, I just love it. It's just a silly, feel-good kind of film. But I also love their friendship. It's just got that really nice, rich line. You're okay as long as you've got one amigo to stand by you, and that's what they've got. Um, so, yeah, really love. And it's got a really good soundtrack as well, actually. Um Okay, so getting to the nitty-gritty, I think I've got three left. And so I'm going in with Con Air. So we mentioned a few, I said a few weeks ago, oh, goodness me, there's one of the best action films of all time. And that is it, because it's epic. And you don't look excited, and I don't know why, because it's Nicolas Cage on a plane with a load of, of a, like, comic. Never and I don't it. know what the voices do. Oh <laughs> you have to watch it. You just have to watch it. It's brilliant. And there's a podcast called How Did This Get Made? So what I would really recommend, if you've got the time to do it, watch the film Con Air, then listen to that episode of How Did This Get Made? Because that episode of How Did This Get Made is possibly one of the funniest podcast episodes I've ever listened to and if you're not familiar with that podcast you might quite like it they basically watch films they discuss them but they tend to watch films that are rubbish and then like pull them apart and the Con Air episode for me is the best episode so I won't go on well, I won't go on about it if you've not seen it but no but I'm gonna say something and you, you might fall out with me now but well, it's worth the risk um I guessed which film you're referring to the other week when you were telling about, you know, convicts in the air. Yes. I kind of got a, you know, around the same time as a, you know, realized what a sitcom was. 
I'm crying minister. Uh, yeah, well, actually, I'm going to like pick you up on that though, because um, you sort of say you've had that revelation, like you've just like it's just come to you. But I have literally just said to you, situation. So I have just explained that sitcom means situation comedy. Yeah, but it was the other week when I realised it, wasn't it? Yeah. But that's what I mean. In the go back and listen, I say the situation for this sitcom, and then a few minutes later, you go, I've just worked out why sitcoms called sitcom. <laughs> like, I know it, it was probably it just took a minute to sink in, right? I'm not always the sharpest tool in the shed. That's, okay, um, what's um, how are we going to fall out then? Oh, because uh, I, I, I twigged what film you meant. <laughs> I went and found it on Amazon Prime and I put it in my watch list. And every time I went to watch it and I had a choice between that and another film, I thought, do I watch this one that I think I like or do I watch the one that Emma's recommended? I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's skip that one. Wow. Oh, that cuts deep. Well, it's up to you. I I really like it. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's got the cats, Nicolas Cage. It's got um, John Malkovich. It's got Steve Buscemi. It's got, um, oh, I forget the other guy's name, but he drives a really sporty car and he's like the guy on the ground and stuff. It's got a huge cast. It's only 90 minutes of your time. And like I said, that, that podcast episode is amazing as a kind of a, aperitif, I want to say, but I think you have that before. So throw that out okay sorry so, I've been because I do love doing that I will do what you said because I love finding I love watching some of it and then listening to the podcast reviewing it it's great fun you need to actually I think you would love that podcast in general and if you it only works on films that you know really well and then they're hilarious um so yeah definitely check that out right so I've got down to my final two so I'm gonna um go with as good as it gets um, I'm a massive Jack Nicholson fan. Um, I really love that film. Uh, I think it's great. The only thing I don't like is the age gap between him and the leading lady. It's too big. He's too old for a man. I know he's Jack Nicholson, but she's like my age in the film and he's already in his late 60s and they, they don't even acknowledge that there's like this big age gap between them. But... I think that's a great film. Obviously, he won the he won the Oscar, one of his Oscars for that. Um, just a really good film. And do you know what breaks my heart though is that the um, who's the guy that plays the neighbor? He's kind of always the bridesmaid, never the bride, and he didn't get an Oscar for supporting actor. Yeah, are you are not? Oh my god, you have never seen as good as it gets. You need to. Why? How? It, just, it didn't look like horror. <laughs> well, I'm not going to draw you down the path. It, it isn't, but it's a really good comedy. Oh, man. That's right. Okay. Um, sometimes I don't know how we've made it to 97. It's always the films. It's always the films where I start to lose my shit. I notice it. Like, I can talk. There's a vein. There's a vein hidden under my hair. <laughs> um, right. So my last film that I'm going to call out is um, The Fifth Element. And that, oh, my God. You've not seen The Fifth Element. It's in the same place as Con Air at the minute. It's, it's a brilliant film. It's a sci-fi. 
it's your man. It's your fucking man, Bruce Willis. Uh, and you've got you've got Mila Jokovic in a basically with bandages, just like lightly over her boobs. What's it uh, called again? <laughs> I'm a fan of, I can't pronounce her name, but I'm a fan of Mila Jokovic. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's wonderful. It it does, it gets criticised a little bit, but kind of trying to like rip little things from other sci-fi. So a little bit from Blade Runner, a little bit from Star Wars, like pulls into it. But it's got such character and heart. It's, it's amazing. Um, and again, I'm going to do like a line from it that if anyone that's seen it, people tend to do this and they just kind of go... Um, Lilo Dallas Motipas. <laughs> that means nothing. Oh, I was so excited to talk to you about. It. That's why it gets me because I'm like, we'll have a an amazing conversation about it. And then you've never seen it. But I guess it's the same for you and your horrors. But I really like that. Really, that's really thrilling. It's got Gary Oldman. Another Gary Oldman name. You saying oh. names doesn't make me more like I've seen it. I haven't seen the film. You can name all the actors you want, but it's not going to change the fact that I haven't seen it. Oh, absolutely devastated. Well, there you go. Fifth element. I'm devastated you haven't seen Wishmaster. You're not. (laughs) No, you're right. (laughs) So after after we've covered the, the entirety of 1997... Uh, do you still agree 1995 is a better year? Absolutely. Oh, well, you can't be right all the time, can you? I am right, because what year did Different Glass come out? Do we need to get my note put up again? 1995. It came out in 1995. That's always my argument for why 1995 is the best year, because that is the year that the most important album of all time came out. So nothing will ever be able to, to um, come up against it, in my humble opinion. Oh, there's no point trying to argue then. There isn't. I will not be swayed. What did you think of 97, though? It's, it is, well, I did like it. <laughs> no, generally, I, I, I was really excited. I thought the music, I'm really impressed with, like, your music and how, like, you managed to get, like, this brand new list of things because that shows... I just love watching music kind of evolve and progress. And that's one of the things I've really loved about doing this um, year by year. And I think the films were really, really strong. And it, it's also really interesting. Maybe it's me being in a more quirky place with films because I did used to be a bit obsessed with films and like watching different ones and stuff like that. I guess to me, the only thing where I thought it dipped, I didn't think the TV was particularly exciting but I do. It is a good year, and it, it has got that that kind of year of kind of hope. I remember feeling hopeful about my future in 1997. I think I agree with everything you've said there. I think that the TV wasn't exciting, but it was really interesting. I did. I, there was there wasn't anything exciting about it. like I look at the shows I put down. Like so talk about the lakes. There was nothing exciting about the lakes at places. That was an unpleasant TV show to watch, but it was just. And as I say, that was the, probably the first gritty TV program I ever watched. You know, before that, it was like Father Ted and Memory mm-hmm. of Him Badly. And then now it's like, oh, these things exist as well. Um, but it was more playful. They were all just TV shows I enjoyed watching. 
Um, the music, like you said, with a again, it wasn't intentional. Even the the three or four that I'd crossed off hadn't been on my list before. Mm-hmm. I just wrote all these ones down, and and it, it's it's almost like a changing of the guard. There's a there's a there's a shift, and I think that coincided with me. I think this must uh, more think about it, and this probably sounds a little bit silly, but this must have been the year that we got Sky, and. So Channel 5 would have launched early in the year, I'm guessing. And then at the end of the year, we would have got Sky. And that was a moment for me because, like I say, all my friends had had Sky for, for years. It's like we got Sky. And at the time, I did really, really like football. And I was able to watch football. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a big kind of – it was a big moment for me. And um, some of these films – and I think this is probably the year, and this is probably why 97 stands out for me more than 95 – a lot of these films I watched that year, mm. whereas I think other years I'd watched them after and caught up with them. But these ones, even Alien Resurrection, I think I watched that year. Um, Dante Speak and Event Horizon, I taped them or bought a cassette or whatever it was, and you know, Scream Two, and I know we did last summer, and Titanic. I watched that cinema, Jurassic Park. I watched Science Cinema, Men in Black were in cinema, Toronto Never Dies were in cinema. All this stuff that I was able to watch, I was like, probably the first year I was up to date. Probably the only year I've ever been up to date with anything, to be fair. But <laughs> So I think there was a bit of a shift, like a, almost a change in the garden with the music. It, it, I think Robbie, maybe Meatloaf, but not so much because he was just tailing off. So Robbie was probably the first band or um, singer that I latched onto, as I said. Like had that... Almost, um, almost emotional connection with. Um, I was very much that that teenage boy that was a bit bullied, a bit singled out, a bit left out, didn't have many friends, all that kind of stuff. So that's what I latched onto. It was, and it was a lot of the lyrics and a lot of the songs and that. And it's like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of Robbie Wood talk from me over the next few years, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, so yeah, just, this this was this was my '95. It wasn't like the greatest ever. You know, you look at the films and a lot of the films I mentioned there, I really like, but they're the seven out of tens. You know, it's not like a, a world beating year. The seven it out of tens. It is on my list. It is on my list. Yeah, whatever. Um, but no, I think that, yeah, I think I agree with everything you say. It's just an, an interest, an interest in year and positivity. You know, even Channel 5 launching was positive. Me, as I said, and like you say, Labour coming into power, you know, coming away from the, you know, Margaret Thatcher and then John Major and it just everything. Also, you know, little things like I seem to remember that time being more colourful. Yeah. And again, part of that might be TV. I can remember watching Margaret Thatcher and John Major on TV and it just looking drab. Mm. And so maybe it's just the colours because, you know, red or, or whatever. And all of a sudden it's brighter and the world feels a bit better. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I round up? Yeah, go on. <laughs> okay, so that was 1997, uh, the year that uh, Meredith Brooks taught me I was a bitch. We were drinking while we were tub thumping. Thanks for nodding when I said I'm a bitch. And also, sadly, the year that we lost Princess Diana and Mother Teresa. Um, 
but you know and then it's also not much of a year for tv but we've just got things sort of continuing along like i'm alan partridge brass eye obviously not a great year for soap characters with Derek and Cheryl dying in Coronation Street and Neighbours respectively but film was where it was all at sure there was a lot of horror but my goodness that standout film for Robin Williams Goodwill Hunting it's not your fault Terry it's not your fault you haven't seen it it's not your fault please go and watch it so you get that reference um, and then we've got all those convicts on a plane being bad with Conair. we've got Mila Jokovic and her bandages in the fifth element uh, but let's end that on general consensus of that wonderful silliness that was Austin Powers the international man of mystery 97 you were strong but 95 I've not forgot you baby It was Sparty Spice. <laughs> and uh, if you've, <laughs> if you're editing this and you put this in an episode, I'll kill you. <laughs> Even as the sting at the end. Um, and well done. You put in the bit about me masturbating into a bottle. <laughs> you didn't tell me not to leave that in. Fucking said it in the show. I'm going to edit this out. I literally <laughs> said it before it. <laughs> I, 